Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Joining me for the conversation today, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. Shane, great to be with you as always. Thank you for joining us again here on the podcast. Looking forward to the conversation. Thanks, Dan. Always good to be with you. I hope you're doing well. Likewise. Thank you, Shane. It is hard to believe we're just days, at this point, one week away from the U.S. midterm elections. And I know over the past weeks we have covered how tight some of these key congressional races have become. So with one week to go, what races are today, Shane, on your radar that could perhaps tilt the balance of power in Washington? And further, do you believe that we'll have a full picture on the outcome comes Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, or might we see some runoff elections? Yeah, no, great question. Thanks, Dan. You know, uh, you know uh, for the House, you know, we continue to think that uh, Republicans will take over and, and probably gain uh, uh, two dozen seats or more. You know, for kind of our early on results that we'll be following for House races, you know, we expect Republicans to pick up three or four seats in Florida. And then also, if they pick up two seats in Virginia, um, you know, that will be a signal to us that they're going to have uh, a pretty good night and uh, well on their way to taking over the House. It's not key that they win those two seats in Virginia, but I point that out because those are, I think, 7 p.m. returns. So that will be kind of the early evening, um, you know, telltale sign for uh, us, uh, for, or at least the House. You know, and the Senate is a different story. Um, you know, there's only a handful of Senate races that are going to matter, you know, and uh, that may take some time, uh, especially, you know, some of the West Coast races like Arizona, um, uh, Colorado. But, you know, the bigger point that really may push us back knowing who controls the Senate for days, if not a month, is two races that are very tight, which is Georgia and Pennsylvania. In Georgia, if no one reaches above 50% uh, on Election Day, they go to a runoff. That will be held in December 6th. Um, so if Georgia goes to a runoff, you know, that is what could be a key race that we don't know the uh, result for an- another month. In Pennsylvania, um, that could be another tight race that we don't know the results for a few days because um, Pennsylvania, unlike some other states, um, doesn't start counting their, you know, absentee and mail-in votes until the day of the election. You know, I'll use Florida as an example. They do a great job where, you know, as absentee ballots happen and people vote early, you know, they tabulate those votes every single day. So, you know, by election day, they can get a, a final result fairly quickly, whereas Pennsylvania, it may take um, a few additional days. So, you know, if it comes down to um, uh, Air, uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania in the Senate, it may take a while for us to know, you know, well, who controls the Senate. It is interesting, and as our listeners know, plenty of precedent recently for these runoff election outcomes, including recently with the state of Georgia. Though, curious, Shane, in these final days, and we've seen other governors, even former presidents, come out campaigning for congressional candidates, gubernatorial candidates. What has the messaging from both sides of the aisle consisted of? What are the closing arguments from Republicans and Democrats? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, in the home stretch. In- 
and as you're, uh, you point out, we're a week away. You know, the home stretch brings out, you know, a lot of people to uh, campaign and traverse the country and especially hit those uh, key states. Um, you know, uh, Republicans uh, have uh, continued to hit the, the issues of inflation and crime. And this is a reason that, you know, one of the reasons we think they're going to fare well next week is because when you ask voters, you know, what are the most important issues to them? Uh, inflation uh, and crime are really the number one and number two issues. So uh, that's an advantage for Republicans. Uh, Democrats, you know, as we've talked about, had been talking about abortion, but they've started shifting that messaging. They still talk about uh, the abortion issue because that's a great issue um, for them with, you know, uh, women, uh, especially in the suburbs. That will be an important vote. But you know, those voters uh, are also very uh, concerned about inflation and crime. Yeah, in the last uh, few days, you are seeing, you know, those uh, kind of A-list celebrity of the political world out there. Um, and you, even in uh, President Biden this week was talking about uh, Republicans and saying that, uh, that they would call for drastic changes to Social Security and Medicare. And uh, Republicans are pushing back on that messaging, saying it's scare tactics. But, you know, you're seeing you know, a full throttle effort uh, in the final days on both sides to uh, push their message out. Now, understandably so, a lot of attention has been paid to the congressional races. I mentioned gubernatorial races a few moments ago, and you do have a lot of close races out there, it seems like. A lot of momentum, whether it be Georgia, Michigan, Arizona, New York, it's a pretty long list. What gubernatorial races are you tracking, Shane? Yeah, no, great point. (laughs) We, We get lost sometimes in um, the federal elections, but there are 36 uh, gubernatorial elections uh, this year. Um, Right now, looking at those 36, we only see about eight of them being competitive. Um, You know, I think there are two states that Democrats are going to flip right off the bat, which are which is uh, Massachusetts and Maryland. Uh, But and then Republicans are playing in uh, states. Uh, that Democrats actually uh, control right now, like Kansas, Maine, New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, and Wisconsin. Um, you know, and, you know, uh, I think there is a very real potential for Republicans to have an upset in Oregon. Uh, the Republican there is currently leading a lot of polling, and this would be the first Republican to reside in the governor's mansion in Oregon since 1987. Um, so uh, there are a number of uh, um, both uh, governor elections that we're definitely paying attention to. And, and to your point, you know, trying not to lose sight of them uh, as we uh, continue to follow the, the federal elections. Well, the next few days will be very exciting. I do quickly want to point out to our listeners, I know, Shane, you'll be joining us on Wednesday, November 9th for a first look at the results to the extent that we know of results. So we'll look forward to having that conversation with you next week. Just as we close out, stepping away from the elections for a few moments, uh, worth bringing this development up. I recall on Friday last week, we saw headlines surrounding an attack against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi at their San Francisco residence. What do we know as of today, Shane, about Paul Pelosi's condition and the motive perhaps behind that attack? Yeah, this was a particularly uh, disturbing and uh, horrific attack where an attacker went into Speaker Pelosi's home uh, in the evening, early morning and attacked her husband. I believe she was in Washington, D.C. And her husband, Paul Pelosi, appears to have sustained um, 
serious injuries, you know, fracture skull, uh, injuries to an arm and a, and a hand. Um, uh, but he seems to be on the mend. But I think the recovery process is, is going to be probably measured in weeks, not days. And it's, it's pretty frightening. Um, you know, I think this is, uh, uh, besides being unfortunate, we're seeing uh, a rise in political violence. You know, it was only a few years ago that Steve Scalise, who is uh, a top House Republican, was shot. And while other Republican lawmakers were shot at um, at, at a uh, baseball practice, you know, this is not new. And unfortunately, uh, it's not going away. I think you're seeing um, calls for increased security for uh, those who serve in the Senate and uh, House of Representatives. And I think this is kind of a, um, a pu- the public discourse has continued to go downhill. And, and unfortunately, some people uh are getting, you know, um, um, maybe energized in the wrong manner. Instead of, you know, going out and supporting or opposing someone, they're taking uh, violence as the path ahead, which is not the answer to any of our political problems. So, you know, I, I hope I hope for uh, Paul Pelosi's uh, recovery, as, as we all should, but I also hope that, um, you know, the American people will, will take a moment and realize that, you know, this kind of violence will not solve, you know, any of the issues of the day, you know, whether it be, uh, um, you know, something like our taxes versus or something like, you know, um, how to deal with Social Security. You know, um, you know, we have a public discourse and hopefully, you know, that public discourse uh, between elected officials will produce results. But we, one thing we can say for sure is that this kind of violence won't produce any results. Well, to your point, Shane, disturbing actions, trends indeed, and hopefully we do see a reversal of them. Though, thank you for bringing us up to speed. We can keep an eye on this story. So thank you again, Shane, for dropping by today and for level setting the final thoughts, projections from the Office of Public Policy here at UBS for the U.S. midterm elections again Tuesday, November 8th. I do quickly want to highlight that the Office of Public Policy has released a special Washington update 2022 midterm elections final thoughts, which can now be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. For clients of UBS, please be sure to reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the special Washington update from Shane and team directly. Though, Shane, thank you for dropping by, keeping us up to speed as always, and looking forward to our post-election coverage next week. Thank you, Dan. It's always great to catch up with you, and I look forward to talking to you next week and have a great one you too thanks again shane appreciate it as a firm providing wealth management services to clients ubs financial services inc offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an sec registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an sec registered broker dealer investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements it is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreement and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 